Well, that's a professional actor that we had there riding our bike. Actually, that's one of our young adults, Jeremy. It makes me want to go get splashed and cool off just a little bit. Well, we're going to be starting a new series called Good Vibe, which I'm really excited about that. But before I get to that, today on Latino Heritage, we're blessed to have one of our missionaries with us today from Juarez, Mexico. Gwen Conrad is here with us today. I want to tell you a little bit about Gwen. Gwen has been one of our supported missionaries here for over 20 years. Actually, I went through the training center with her in the mid-90s here at the church. It's been so incredible to see how God's raised her up to such a powerful position. She works on the base in Juarez, Mexico. She helps to run an orphanage that dozens and dozens of kids that are now being adopted by people in Mexico as well as people in the United States. They're doing an incredible work. Youth with a Mission is who she works with. It's a wonderful mission organization. And not only do they do that, but they're training young leaders. They're evangelizing the city of Juarez. I've gone many times on mission trips and nearly died on the streets of Juarez in 130 degree weather. So when she stepped up to the calling to do this, she's been one of those that has towed the line. She doesn't bounce around. She's been dedicated to this city and this region. And we are blessed to have Gwen Conrad with us today. Bless you, Gwen. Now, I know during this COVID-19 crisis, a lot of missionaries have been going through times of struggle. There have been some that have been blessed, there's others that have gone through times of struggle. As a church, we support her monthly, but what a great opportunity if you feel led to be a blessing to Gwen. As you leave, if you want to leave a check in the offering, it just says Mexico. If you want to leave cash, you can put it in an offering envelope. If you give online, just put Mexico or Gwen Conrad. Don't you think it's a good idea to bless our missionary as she comes in? She's been such a blessing to so many. Next week, we're having beach baptism on the beach at Sand Key in Clearwater. So excited about this. Many people have been asking. They said, in California, they're having worship on the beach. People are coming and they're worshiping. They're celebrating and people are getting baptized. Well, guess what? That's exactly what we're going to do next week on Sand Key. We've got a permit. We're going to have a good amount of time where we're going to come together as a church and worship. And already we have close to 70 people signed up for water baptism. So... You see this line behind me here? Let's make it more than that. A lot of people have been asking. They said, I got baptized when I was younger, but it really wasn't meaningful at that time. They asked me, should I get baptized again? This is when you need to be baptized the most, when it means something. Maybe you've turned your life around and the old things are gone. God's doing something brand new. We're gonna see a lot of dead things go out to sea next week, and we're gonna see new life coming out of the water. So I wanna encourage you, if you wanna sign up, everyone's gonna get one of those shirts, but as a church, let's join together and let's have a powerful celebration of the goodness of our God on Sand Key Beach. How many wanna be a part of that next week? All right, as we get started today, I've been praying in the midst of all that's happening around us. During this COVID-19 season, during the election season, there's a lot of stress that a lot of people are going through. It could be a time where people can get negative. They can get separated from what God wants to do in their life, and they can find themselves isolated and alone. So today, as we start this series on good vibes, we can't focus on the negative things that are happening around us. We've got to stay positive because we serve a positive God. Can you say amen to that? And today, I want to ask you, where are you in your walk with the Lord? Where is your passion level? 
At one time, maybe you felt that you were really close with God. Man, you were just so on fire for him. Every day you woke up and the level of intimacy that you had for him was so deep. Every direction you turned, maybe you just were right where God wanted you to be and you felt in the middle of his perfect will for your life. But during this time, you're finding yourself at a place where maybe that passion has kind of slipped away. Maybe the things that you once felt have kind of slipped away and you've lost some of the intimacy that you once had. Today, this message is for for you. It's for so many that may be watching online. I wanna tell you a little bit of my story. When I was, well, how was I, 22 years old, I went to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip to the Dominican in 1987. When I went on this trip, I was a very insecure young adult, extremely shy, extremely introverted. God had never really used me in ministry at any level at that point. So when I went on this trip, I just said, God, whatever you want for me, I'm here, use me. On that trip was the first time that I ever led anyone to Jesus Christ. Not only did I lead one person, I led an entire classroom of teenagers to Christ. There was nothing like that feeling. I thought, God, I can't believe you can use me. This shy guy, this guy with no direction whatsoever, was just thankful to have a job working at the post office, sorting mail. I go on this trip and God radically changed my life forever because I had a face-to-face communication with him where he touched my life in a deep way. I can remember on the last night, the skies of the Dominican are absolutely beautiful. The stars are outshining. It's just beautiful, God's country. And I got alone away from the group. And it was there I had a mountaintop, literally, experience with God. Where he said to me, Glenn, I've called you for more. I've called you to one day be a pastor. I've called you to be a world changer. You, this shy, introverted kid that nearly failed speech class, yes, I've called you to step up and to make a difference in this world. Now. When I came home, I was on fire for God. I can remember at work, I'd walk in and people are like, what happened to you? And I would begin to share people. I just got the nickname, the Bible boy, the church man. I got all these things that are, people are, I'm praying with people at work. I start serving any opportunity I have to serve, I'm serving. I'm serving with a four and five year old ministry. I'm serving with a middle school ministry. I'm ushering, I'm greeting. I mean, I'm just like, wherever there's opportunity to serve. I was so stirred up. I was so passionate about the things of God. I was like, how can it get any better than this? Well, eight years later, later, I get a call from our founding pastor, Pastor Lloyd, and he said, I want you to come on full time in the ministry. Oh my goodness, Elaine, God's called us to be full time in the ministry at Countryside. And we get to take a half of our pay gets cut. Isn't that wonderful? Well, we'll just have to figure that out. We figured that out. But what I used to do when I worked at the post office, all my vacation time, I would use for mission trips. I would use for summer camp. I would use my vacation time to take off so I could go putt-putt golfing. So I could go play laser tag with the kids. All my vacation time was used for that. But what I found after a few years of doing it full-time, there's things that became monotonous. And I found myself at a place where, okay, I used to take vacation time to do this. Now it's my job. I'm getting paid to go to summer camp. I'm getting paid to go on a mission trip and lead teenagers on mission trips. I can't believe it. 
But what the enemy tries to do, he tries to steal that passion within each one of us. And he'll cause worry, or he'll cause time restraints, or he'll cause a lack of finances or money, to cause these stresses to where he can rob you of truly the joy that God's placed in your heart, and that passion that he placed on my heart. And I begin to see little steps year after year where the passion level may have gone down, and that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief, and he wants to rob you of your passion after God. Today, the message is called, Get Your Passion Back. And I want to encourage you today, on, as we celebrate Latino Sunday, what better day than to be enthusiastic during the message? So I give you permission to get excited. I give you permission to say amen. I give you permission to wave a little white hanky if you got one. And Marilyn, you used to have a white hanky. Are you ready to get into God's word today? Let's hold up God's word. Father, illuminate our hearts today with your word, I pray. Open our hearts to be changed by your spirit, to become all that you've called us to be in Jesus' name, amen. So today's topic is enthusiasm. The importance of being enthusiastic in our walk with the Lord. There are two types of people in this world. Number one in your notes, and you'll see it come on the screen. It says, those who let circumstances influence their enthusiasm. So your circumstances can affect the way that you live and the way that you feel. And the other type of people are those who use their enthusiasm to influence their circumstances. To be so filled up inside that no matter what comes up against you, no matter what the news is, no matter what is happening around you, no matter what negative things somebody may say, you are so filled up with the Spirit of God, you're going to affect them with the goodness of God and not allow them to affect you with the negativity that the world has to offer. The word enthusiasm, it comes from the word on theos. It means in God or filled with God. True spiritual enthusiasm is born out of enthusiasm and intimacy in our walk with the Lord. That when we wake up every single day, we wake up with our heart and a passion to receive from God. Instead of waking up with, oh, I gotta go to work again. Oh, I gotta wave to that neighbor that I can't stand as I drive out. Oh, I can't believe it, I gotta go to this job that I hate. No, you wake up with God, this is the day that you've made. I'm gonna make a difference in this day. God, you're gonna use me and the Spirit of God within me to make a difference in this world today. That's what God has for each one of us. A lot of you are like, Pastor Glenn, you're enthused. Let me tell you, I had to work myself up today. I've come off a hard week. The Buccaneers lost by one point, a game they should have won. I've been so upset since Thursday. And then I go into Saturday thinking it's gonna get better today. Saturday, it's college football day. The Gators are doing all right. They're going back and forth. They're winning by 10 points. Now they're winning by three points. Now they're tied. Then they fumble with three minutes left, and they lose by three points. I'm battling today, church. I need your enthusiasm. But I want to tell you, I'm thankful that my life is not guided because of the sports that are happening around me. My life is guided because of the Spirit of God that dwells within me and my heart and my soul. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul talks about this. And he says, but thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. 
Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For as you know that nothing you do for the Lord ever is never useless. Work enthusiastically for the Lord. Nothing that you do will be done in vain. So the first point today that I wanna share is it's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's who you do it for. It's not what you do, but it's who you do it for. So every area of our life, we're living our life unto the Lord. In our family, what are we doing? We're providing for our family as unto the Lord. When we're going to work, we're impacting people around us. Even in the mundane things that we do, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Let me give you an example here. So when I was a kid, I loved to cook. I just loved to cook. So for my birthday, oftentimes I would get cookbooks. You know, the other guys were getting basketballs. I was getting a Betty Crocker cookbook. Don't worry, guys, I got basketballs and baseballs and all that too, don't worry. But I, I love to cook. And so when I first got married with Elaine, I said, I really like to cook. Do you mind if I start cooking a little bit? And she looked at me and she goes, I love a man that cooks. <laughs> it changed my whole perspective on cooking. I thought, man, I, I used to love to cook, but now my woman loves a guy that cooks. So before I would cook, I'd just kind of stir it. But after the fact of my wife loving the guy that cooks, I'm getting the, the salt shaker. And I love to sit down the meal. One of my famous meals I made, it was before Alice Springs Chicken came out at Outback. I made my own Davis Alice Springs Chicken. Broiled those mushrooms, sauteed it, had all of the marinade on the chicken with the cheese and the bacon on top. And I would sit down and I would look at Elaine as she would take that first bite. And I just have this look. And she'd go, mm. That is good. And then she'd reiterate, remember, I love a man that cooks. <laughs> Let me tell you, the Davises, we had a little revival in the cooking area in the Davis house. But you see, I was no longer cooking for myself. I was cooking for her. I wanted to please my wife. Just as we live our lives, are we living our lives to please God? In the way that we talk, in the way that we live, in the way that we have friendships, in the way that we are in our marriage, the way that we're raising our kids. Is God the center of the glory of what we're doing? Are we doing everything as unto the Lord? It changes your perspective when you start looking at that. Are we driving on US 19 for the glory of God? I'm working on it. Pray for me. You see, when you do everything is under the Lord, it transforms mundane, just average things that don't really matter, and it makes everything a, a lot more meaningful. There's a girl in our church. Her name is Morgan Aguilar. I think I saw Morgan. Are you here? Right over, over here today. Well, Morgan came on the scene a couple years ago, got to know her a little bit when she came into the young adult ministry. She'd asked my wife if she would mentor her. Now, Morgan is the type of person, when she walks in a room, she lights up a room. I mean, she's just excited. She's just buzzing. 
She's just so excited to talk to people, make people feel welcome. Someone doesn't know anyone, she's over there. Oh, you're just gonna love this ministry. You need a friend, we'll find you a friend. My wife started mentoring her. She goes, there's something special about Morgan. My son comes to me, goes, Glenn, Glenn, dad. (laughs) There's something special about her. We need, Pastor Tim, we need to find a place on staff for Morgan Aguilar. We began to pray, God, open up the door that you want for her. Whatever position that she was going to get, we knew that she was gonna be really great because she was so enthusiastic about every area. You look at her Facebook. I looked at it last night. It's about the school. It's about the church. It's about the Lord. You could just see her enthusiasm and her passion from top to bottom. I can remember, well, let me just tell you, we ended up hiring her as the marketing director of our academy. Now, going into this year, we were concerned about the academy numbers. With COVID-19, there were a lot of people that were keeping their kids home. They were gonna do online study with the public schools. So we thought, we managed our expectations and thought if we lost maybe 20 kids, we're gonna be okay. We just gotta get through this. But she came in and changed the, the temperature of the entire school. One person can change the temperature of an entire organization. People that would come in, she would just talk to them about the school. I can remember being at a party with her at my son's house, and she's talking to me about the school. She goes, do you know we were doing this, this, and this? Do you realize our sports program is this, this, and Our after-school program is so incredible. I'm thinking, I wanna go to that school. <laughs> to the point we had people from Alaska that were considering our school and several others. They decided to come to Countryside Christian Academy because Morgan enthusiastically called this woman in the middle of the day in Alaska just to check on the family. He said, we're bringing our kids to that school because one person from that school reached out with enthusiasm. It changes the temperature of where you are and where you live. She goes above and beyond. She has a heart for gardening and flowers and those kind of things. She's thinking, how can I do this? Now, over on the back behind the two buildings, there was this area of grass that was dead. All the trees had died except for one little palm tree that was still alive. Over the last 15 years, I've walked by that over and over and thought, man, we gotta do something with that. And then I just continue with my day. We never did anything. 15 years goes by. Well, this year she goes, can we change that into a beautiful garden? I said, yeah. And she's like, well, what's the budget? Zero. (laughs) So what did she do? She went out and raised all the money. She went to a landscaper. They got all the plants donated, all the flowers donated. You go over now, they just laid the plastic tarp where we're gonna have beautiful flowers and garden. Why? Because she wanted to make a difference that was great where she is. She wanted to use her talents and her gifts to do great things for the glory of God. If we would all have an attitude of, no matter what we're doing, we're gonna give it our very best. We're leaving it all on the field. We're gonna give our very best to God. God will bless it, he'll raise you up, and he'll use you to change your world for the kingdom of God. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically for the Lord. Everything that you do will not be in vain. Enthusiasm is not a product of our environment. So many people are like, you don't understand the environment I am. But it's the posture of our heart. But you know, you can have enthusiasm and you can lose it. In all my years, I see people, they come, they get stirred up, and then little by little by little, the enemy pulls them away, puts things in their heart, causes little offenses, and they completely lose what they once had. 
one of the most passionate, spiritually charged, enthusiastic people in the Bible that I want to talk about today for a few minutes is David. David, little boy David, here he was watching the sheep. All the other brothers were there. They were the good-looking ones. They were the tall ones. But God had a call on this little boy by the name of David. One day, David went out to bring food to his brothers that were on the front line with the Philistine army. Back in those days, they would have individual battles that would determine the winners of the war. So the Philistines had Goliath. He probably looked a little bit like me. Big dude. Probably a lot less like me. He's like 10 feet tall. This guy's enormous. Everyone was scared. I'm seeing all the faith over fear masks that are walking in. I got my faith over fear. Well, the Israelites were in fear. But David, a little boy, the Bible described him as ruddy. This little fair-skinned, ruddy boy said, what are you scared of? We got the Lord God of Israel on our side. Look how big that giant is. The bigger they come, the harder they fall. Bring them on. All the other Israelites are like, whoa, calm down. He's like, no, calm down. God's with me. And if God's for me, who can be against me? There's nothing going to hold me back from doing what God wants me to do right now. What if we had that attitude in our life? This is where we pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It said, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Now can you, this little boy, I'm gonna cut off your head. <laughs> I remember my son one time when he was a little boy, we dressed him up like David. And so I taught him this thing, this one harvest time. We didn't have Halloween, it was harvest parties. We had our harvest party. And I said, I'm gonna be Goliath. But you know, don't be scared. You just whip that, that sling. And I'd come out. When I first did it, I'm like, <laughs> he'd go, well, Dad. But I said, you, just, you got the sling. You got the spirit of God on you. Whip that sling and knock this giant down. So he got into the habit. I'd come out. <laughs> and I'd always go. Thump. He was 15 years old. I'd go. <laughs> God gives us confidence. And when God is for us, who can be against us? Remember whose you are. This is not a, a, a human confidence. It's raw, unparalleled spiritual passion. The Bible calls it on theos. So where did David's enthusiasm come from? Where did it come from? How did he get this? Why was he so different than all the other Israelites? See, whether you're marketing a school, whether you're working in a supermarket, whether you're working at McDonald's, put those pickles on just right. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Or maybe you're a kid that is charging a giant. If God's for you, 
who can be against you. So where did David's enthusiasm come from? Three things. He trusted God daily. He walked with God daily. And he worshiped God daily. What's the key word there? Daily. Let's all that, say that together. Daily. You see, when he watched the sheep, there was a time a lion came out to eat the sheep. <sighs> Killed the lion. Another time a bear came out. God was preparing him. He wasn't worried. He trusted God. Killed the bear. There was a time Saul was jealous of David, and he was trying to chase after and kill David. God rescued and delivered David from Saul. No fear. He trusted God daily. I want to encourage you, in the middle of whatever may be going on in your life, no matter how good or how bad it is, trust God with it all daily. The second thing is he walked with God daily. See, this is where so many people in the body of Christ, they miss it. They think that this walk with God is a Sunday morning thing. They think it may be a when we eat around the dinner table thing or we go to bed at night. No, walking with God is throughout the day, communicating, allowing his presence to be in every area of your life. When you're driving, he's right there with you. When you're at work, he's right there with you. Whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, God is with you. David knew that. David's the one that wrote that the Lord's a shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything that I'm ever going to need because God will provide for me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, the rod and staff, they're not there to beat you. The rod and staff of the Lord is there to comfort and to protect you. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is David. This is a man that did so much, had so much passion. He worshiped God daily. See, it wasn't just a click, okay, I'm gonna get 30 minutes of Pastor Glenn, then I'm good for the week. Oh no, every day he spent time in worship. There was a time it was described that he took his clothes off and danced before the city naked. Don't worry, Elaine, I will never do that. But can you imagine David's wife like, whoa, bro, cover it up. But he was enthused with a passion to worship God. It's more than a five-minute podcast. It's every day spending time in worship, listening, and standing before the Lord quietly. So many people, they wonder, it's just so noisy, I can't settle my mind. Well, if you're just watching the news all day long, your mind's never going to settle. But if you take yourself away from the noise and get in that still place, you'll hear the quiet voice of the Lord that will speak to you, and he'll say it. I'm here for you. Oh, you're not alone. I am right there with you. You're gonna make it. It's gonna be better than you even imagined. What the enemy meant for harm, I meant for good. I'm gonna take you to places you never thought you would go. Let's go together. I'm with you. I'm never gonna forsake you. That's the voice of the Lord that's there in those quiet moments of worship. 
So for us as Christians, what do we do? Read the word daily. Pray. Throughout the day, pray. Expect God to answer your prayers. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't feel God answering any Spend time quietly before the Lord and pray. Serve. Serve somewhere. Use your gift. There's nothing better than using the God-given gifts and the calling that's on your life to make a difference in this world. Use those gifts. For some people, you haven't invited somebody to church in 10 years. There was a time, man, you just couldn't wait to get home and say, something is happening at Countryside. And you know right now, something good is happening at Countryside. You can feel it in the air. Invite people. Well, it's COVID. You know what? There's a lot of people that are coming out. There's a lot of people that are coming back, and it's exciting to see. There's been times, maybe you're, you're not tithing like you once did. I don't feel the answers. I'm not getting the provision. Do things God's way, and God will provide for every need you have in his life. Can you say amen? Trust God. Walk with God. Worship God. And be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. But you see, David, he had two seasons that we're going to talk about today. The first season, he was a passionate young running at the giant. But when he became the king, things started happening. Negative things started happening. Maybe popularity started. Maybe it was success. Maybe things started going to, head, to his head. But it talks about in the word where there was a time where kings go off to war. But what did David do? David stayed home. He knew he should be at war. He should knew he should be on the front line, but his focus changed from God focus to self focus. He found himself in temptation. He found himself going on the rooftop to watch a young lady bathe. That led to lust, which led to sin, which led to so much demise that destroyed so many people in so many ways. That's how the enemy works. With small things in our life, one small thing that leads to other small things, the next thing we know, we're isolated and we're away from the presence of God and we lose our passion. Well, church, God wants you to have your passion back. Today, I wanna show you the difference between David as a kid and David as a king. As a kid, he served with enthusiasm. David ran into the battle to serve his God with confidence and enthusiasm. But as the king, he served with apathy. David walked on the roof to serve his comfort. How did a man that had such spiritual enthusiasm as a kid lose it when he became the king? You see, what happened? David took his eyes off of his calling and put his eyes on his comfort. Come on, start up in here, somebody. We're getting to some good stuff. You see, that's what the enemy wants us to do in this Western world of Christianity. In America, every day we have in front of us, if we have this, if we do this, if we get more comfortable, then we're going to become more happy. God's saying, get your eyes off of the comfort and get your eyes on the calling. Because I believe every single one in this room is called by God to make a difference in your world. To bring light into darkness. God's called you to be the light. So let me ask you, which represents you today? Are you full of enthusiasm? Do you, do you have on theos inside of you, full of God, trusting God, filling yourself daily with his presence and his word? Are you charging into that spiritual battle with confidence? Or have you become comfortable and apathetic 
and complacent. See, as a pastor, I know there's a lot of people, I'm seeing it. There's two groups of people that I'm seeing in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis. There's people that are diving in. They're feeding themselves in ways they've never done it before. They're, they're digging in deep. I see it. More enthusiastic after God. It's like, God's using me now. Now's our greatest moment as a church. Now's my greatest moment as a child of God. And they're diving in. But I want, to, I want you to know there's another group of people that have drifted. It's human nature not to drift towards the things of God. We usually don't drift towards doing the right things or focusing on God. It's human nature to focus and begin to drift into bad habits, into complacency, into apathy, and to drift into selfishness. Now, I've said from the beginning of this crisis that we're not gonna put pressure on anyone to come to church right now. And all the people that are here, praise God you're here. And there's people that are staying home because they need to stay home. But there's people that I know that I go up to, I say, where have you been? I haven't seen you. Young people in their 20s and 30s. And they're like, well, you know, COVID. I'm like, weren't you just out at this bar just filled with people or this you know, restaurant that was just packed with people? Weren't you just out with a group of people in your house where you had 50 people? Well, you know. I'm like, well, you know. Well, you know. Do you know? You know. Put God first. Step up and be who God's called you to be. Let the gift of God stir the passion that is within you. You see, David had it, and David lost it. And there was a point that the prophet Nathan came to David with a confrontation that said, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're the... You're this man that has fallen away and done all these things. And David was broken. And in this broken moment, he cried out in Psalm chapter 51. And he said to God, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Rejoice in the Lord. Cried out to be refilled, renewed, and restored. That's why David was called a man after God's own heart. Be a man and woman after God's own heart to cry out and say, God, return to me the joy of my salvation. Jesus talked to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, verses four and five. He says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how you have fallen. And then Jesus says, repent and do the things that you did at first. You see, you didn't lose it, you left it. Consider how far you have fallen. This is what Jesus is saying. Consider your lack of intimacy. And then Jesus said very clearly at that point, repent, turn from your sin, turn from your selfishness, change your mind. That's what repentance means, to change your mind, to get your mind off of the things of this world and get your eyes on the things of God and begin to walk with him again closely. Trust him daily. Walk with him, worship with him. Not out of duty, but out of gratefulness. We're so grateful to have a good God that's always there with his arms outstretched to us. That's the God that we serve. There are two types of people. Those who their circumstances influence their enthusiasm, become a product of their environment. It affects the posture of their heart. 
And then there are others that allow their enthusiasm for God to affect the way that they live, affect the people that are around them, impact the world daily for Jesus, and builds the faith of those around them because what's inside of them is so much that they can't contain it. If you feel like you've lost it, God's saying to you, he's ready to give it back to you. You know what I do? There's times you're like, Pastor Glenn, how do you stay, I have people all the time, how do you stay so enthused? How do you stay so passionate? Let me tell you this. It's not easy. Half our church isn't coming to church right now. There's people I don't know who in our church, outside of our church. There's times that I can be overwhelmed about our church. And God says, get your eyes off of that. Davis, get your eyes on me. What do I do? I remember that mountaintop experience in the Dominican Republic. And there was nothing gonna hold me back. The call of God was so strong. He spoke to me so clearly. That's what the word says for you. Go back to where it started first. I spend time with them. I focus on what really matters in my life. I focus on what I'm doing, and I'm doing it with the right heart as unto the Lord. So think about your enthusiasm level, how you can change the climate of the people around you. Wherever you go, however you serve, when you're at work, when you're a neighbor, what kind of neighbor are you? What kind of family are you? You see, God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Always remember, you are the light. We live in a dark place. You are the light. Your enthusiasm after God brings light and it illuminates a room wherever you go. I wanna encourage you, church, I don't want us ever to be a church that shrinks down in the battle. I wanna be a church that rises up with the confidence of knowing who Jesus Christ is in our life in the head of this church, and we're gonna charge into the battle with confidence knowing that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus' name. We have overcome by the power of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Allow the testimony of the goodness of God rise up in you and be the church and be the light in this dark world. Can you say amen? amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word today. Let that spiritual renewal happen within us today. Stir up our hearts. Draw us back to that first love. Pour in that passion, Lord. Renew our minds today, I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here today and say, Pastor Glenn, man, you're describing me. I just don't have the passion I once had. I used to be so close to God, I just don't feel it. Will you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you specifically. Hands going up everywhere. Just raise it up. Say, I'm not where I once was. This message is for me. Father, you see our hands. We want more of you, less of us. Draw us back to where you want us to be, right in the middle of your perfect will for our lives. His perfect will for our lives. I want you to know, his perfect will for your life today is to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. We talk about passion, we talk about intimacy, we talk about a love relationship with God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. That happens at the moment that you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today, you've walked away from God. Maybe you're here today, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the beginning of what real enthusiasm that will come inside of your heart and a passion for God like you've never seen. It starts through a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, will you pray for me? I wanna know that intimate level of relationship. I wanna know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I wanna know that I have a friend that will stick closer to the brother 
and that friend be in Jesus Christ. If that's you today, no one looking around. Every head bowed, every guy closed. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out, but I'm gonna pray for you. And I believe that today will be a new day for you and your entire life will be different because of what decision you make right now. One, two, three. Will you raise your hand if that's you today? You wanna be included in this prayer? Thank you, I see your hand and yours. I see your hand, God bless you. I see your hand over here, coming across to the center. I see your hand and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. I see your hand over here, God bless you. I see your hand over here, God bless you. Can we pray for the sake of those that raise their hand? If you're watching online, just join us in prayer today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, my God and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. How about some passion for Jesus Christ today? Let's hear it, countryside. enthusiastic today. Would you stand with me to receive your blessing? If you're online and if you're here, just turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving to receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you with his passion and love and joy. May the Lord fill you with himself, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Bendiciones en el nombre de Jesús. Amen. God bless you. Happy Sunday, everyone. What an amazing Sunday here at Countryside. We're so glad that you joined us. If you made that decision to follow Jesus today, congratulations. That is literally the best decision you could ever make. We are here for you. If you need prayer for any reason, you can go to countryside.cc prayer, and we are waiting to pray for you. But without further ado, we will see you all next week.